0: Scripture this morning is from the second chapter of Acts, verses 42 through 47, and it's a a look at uh, the earliest church after Pentecost. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers, and they, everyone was filled with awe at the signs and wonders uh, performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and held everything in common. They sold their possessions and property and gave to anybody who was in need. And every day they met together in the temple courts, breaking bread in the homes and uh, praising God And enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number every day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. The other day I was uh, in slow-moving traffic on 281, and I got behind one of those double-decker tour buses. Uh, the hop on, hop, hop off bus. And, and I had to laugh because I'm infamous in my family for any time we go to a new large city, I make everybody get on the hop on, hop off bus and, and go tour the city, you know whether D.C. or Boston or New York or in London. But the deal is I don't really let them get off until we've gone all the way around first. In fact, I got in trouble at the time we were getting ready to walk the Freedom Trail in Boston, but I made them drive the Freedom Trail first on the uh, on the hop on bus. but I also had to laugh at myself because I was stunned that there was a hop on hop off bus in San Antonio you know Boston I get new york I get but but it just amazed me that people would have that kind of interest, and there would that be that many sights to see in San Antonio. And I laughed at myself realizing, I think living in San Antonio, I, I take San Antonio for granted. You know, and maybe we have visitors, so we'll go down to the Riverwalk, or, or maybe it's Fiesta and there's a parade on, or maybe the Spurs are in the playoff, and San Antonio gets my attention. But other than that, I just sort of take it for granted. And it occurred to me when I pulled off the road and parked that actually the church is a lot like San Antonio. A lot of wonderful and amazing things, but living in the middle of it, we tend to miss it unless it's a special occasion. So this is Confirmation Sunday. So what I'm going to do for the confirmands at 930 is I'm going to get them on a hop-on, hop-off bus. And I'm going to have them take a trip with me. And so I invite you to kind of follow along with me. As we take this trip and and as we get on now the first stop in the trip is actually all the way across the country and really goes back in time more than 30 years and where I want what I want you to see is a backyard of a house and I want you to see if you will a basketball goal and there's some young men playing basketball before the youth group meeting and one of these young men I want you to see because he is. Finishing 8th grade and moving into ninth grade. Well, actually, it's hard to know if, he, if they're going to let him out of 8th grade because he didn't go to class in the school one day all year. He had what we would call today social anxiety disorder. And he couldn't leave his house. He was getting help. He was getting therapy. He couldn't seem to get across the threshold of his house. And he found out some, some of the kids in the church before youth group played basketball in this backyard. And somehow, because he loved basketball so much, he got out and joined them. And they encouraged him, cheered him, supported him, joked with him. And soon he wasn't just staying for basketball, he was staying for the youth group. And soon he wasn't just doing basketball and youth group, he was doing church on Sunday morning. And soon, when August came, he was at the high school next door to the church. He got married many years ago after graduating with an engineering degree from college. And I got the invitation, and of course this is before national registry, so I called his father and I said, you know, what do I get him uh, for his, um, his wedding? And his father laughed and he said, he already makes three times more money than you do. Don't worry about it. Last I heard, he was still married and had two grown daughters who were in college. Next step, I want you to hop back on. Come with me this time, but we're going to travel back in time just a couple years, but we're going to travel all the way across the ocean to Africa, to a small country called Burundi and a small village called Kayanza. And I want to take you into a little building, and I want you to see this building. And in this building, it's not nice by our standards, but it's nice by Burundi standards. There are all these children. There are all these teenagers but on this particular year, two years ago, seven new children have come in. They're all from one family. The oldest 17, the youngest a baby. Their mother and father who live in the village have died within a month of each other. And they come in and the, to this orphanage and they get food and they get clothes and they get school supply fee paid so that they can go to school so that they can have an opportunity at life. It's an orphanage that we helped build, an orphanage that we continue to support. When you see that from the bus, do you know what you're looking at? You're looking at a church. But stay with me. Let's take the bus further, and this time let's go up 281. Back a few years, but up 21 miles. Back when Riverside, our um, our north campus, started, they met in elementary school. But on Wednesday night, they would worship in a barn. Uh, Really, it was a a large open tent, really, uh, serving and doubling as a barn, which now tripled as a worship facility on Wednesday night. And one Wednesday night, I'm there to speak. And after the service, they call a woman forward. This woman has been a victim of domestic violence and consistent abuse. She's lost any sense of her own worth and value. She has lost much of the hope that she entered uh, her marriage with. And life is spiraling down. And on this particular Wednesday night, people have gathered around her to encourage her to pray and support her. But they've done something else. They've also collected money and goods to help her get started on a new life, free from the violence free from the abuse, where she and her two children might make a new future for themselves. Do you see that? Do you know what you're looking at? That's a church. Hop back on with me. This isn't going to be very far. Let's go down Bassey Road. Let's, let's hit San Pedro and head south. And within minutes, we'll be at the Asbury campus. And I want you to peek inside the sanctuary this morning on the Asbury campus. There will be a mother and father sitting there with a few children. Now, this wasn't always the case. For a long time, there was nobody from that family in worship. And then there was a mother and her children. And they didn't start in worship, they started in Sunday school. And the children found affirmation, uh, acceptance, support, warmth. And they told their mother, and mother started coming. And then they'd all sit in church together. And the father began to notice the change in the children. And in the mother and so he started showing up a week ago Friday because every Friday he takes his father on errands He's taking his father the grandfather on errands and telling him about getting involved in the church and joining the church at Asbury And his father said why would you do that? All the church wants is your money and you don't even have much money to begin with And so the son patiently explained to his father the change in the lives of his three children the change in the life of his wife, the change in their marriage, and the father's tone changed. And this past Monday morning, when our pastor Robert Ortiz and Janet Weatherston and Pastor Susan a Poor walked into their offices, each of them found a gift with a large bow on it and a note. And the gift was from the grandfather, and the note was, thank you for the miracles that you are doing with my son And his family. Do you know what you're looking at there? Do you know what you see? That's a church. That's a church. One last trip. This one isn't going to be hard. It's so close. We're just going to go upstairs in the West Wing. And you're familiar with the room. It's where you meet for confirmation every single Sunday. But I want to take you there three weeks ago. Because I teach a class there on Thursday night of of people interested in growing in their faith. And growing in their leadership leadership. And there's a woman on the back row taking in eagerly everything she can about the Bible before the meeting. She's asking me about all these books and which ones maybe she should buy, which ones she should read, and eagerly trying to learn as much as she can about the Bible and about God. But she didn't always sit in that chair upstairs. In fact, a few years ago, you would have found her in a home um, or rented place. She was a drug addict living with a drug dealer. And so they came and they took away her two children. She lost custody. She ended up at Haven for Hope. And she went through a program and graduated. And when she was graduated, she found a job and she came out and joined our Pioneer Recovery Community, which meets here in the seminar room on Friday night and then also meets for worship on Saturday night at Asbury. And she began to uh, be accepted by that community, taught in that community, found a place uh, to both receive and give in that community. In fact, several weeks ago, something she said at a meeting where the pastors were gathered, because uh, she attended that meeting, actually got quoted on Sunday morning and she laughed. And she said, who would have ever thought that in Sunday morning at Alamo Heights, a drug addict would be quoted in the sermon? But she's a recovering addict. And that's not just, that's not all. Last weekend, you would not have found her here Or at Asbury last weekend you would have found her at a retreat center She was helping to lead a spiritual retreat For other people It's a story of a woman who found through the holy spirit and community the ability to change And then now gives her life To try to help other people change as well Do you understand what you see? Do you recognize what you're looking at? From the bus That's a church That's a church. I don't know if you saw this on YouTube about a pastor explaining what he does for a living. And the pastor's at Heathrow Airport in London. And he meets a woman. She's flying to Singapore. He's flying to Australia. So inevitably the question comes up and and she asks him, what do you do? And he said, well, he said, I am part of a global enterprise. He said, we have outlets on every corner of the earth. Really, she said. He said, yes. He said, we run hospitals, hospices, homeless shelters. We do marriage work. We run orphanages. We help with adoptions. We do educational programs. We do feeding programs. You don't say, she said. He said, yes. He said, we also work on justice and reconciliation. Really, she said. He said, yes. He said, in fact, we really take care of people from birth until death. And we deal in behavior alteration. Wow, she said. What do you call that? What is this business? And he said, it's the church. It's the church. That's what you're looking at. It's the church. That's what you're joining. It's the church. Hop on board.